to make something that no one else is doing, I feel like is usually going to lead to some kind of success because if a million people are already doing it, it might be successful. But like if you're doing something really unique, like for example, like I said, my town that I live in, there was nothing really Athens themed. It was all like UGA themed. It's like such a big music town. It's a big art town, tons of restaurants and lots of culture outside of the university. So So I feel like if there's like a little door that's opening where there's just nothing there and you fill it, I feel like that's another great thing to pursue. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab a nice coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Product Powerhouse podcast. Today, I have a special guest. I'm introducing you to a wonderful business owner and artist, Natalie from Natty Michelle Papery. Natalie is so fun and her and I have been Instagram friends for a while I have always enjoyed everything she posts. I've ordered a few products from her. She's just all around such a fun person. I knew I needed to ask her to be on the show because she has such a fun and interesting business. Natalie is an artist and she creates mostly like hand-drawn maps and illustrations for Southern towns. She has some for Georgia, Alabama, and then she also has some other products, mugs and t-shirts and tote bags. I got a really cute shop local t-shirt from her that I just absolutely love. She has such a unique style and such a beautiful energy. So I just cannot wait to introduce you to her. So here's Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I am really excited to talk to you. We met a while back, I think on Instagram. I have loved following along with you ever since. For everyone listening, can you tell us about you and your business? I'm Natalie, and my business is Natty Michelle Papery. That is derived from a nickname that I was given by friends a long time ago, which is Natty, and then my middle name, Michelle. And then obviously, Papery is just art and stationery, and it's evolved over time to include products too. So it kind of just neatly wrapped everything up. I didn't think too hard about my business name either. I just kind of like threw it out there and it kind of stuck. And that's just what people know me as now. I do different illustrations. A lot of my work is like map related and skyline related to different cities and towns. And I started doing that because I started in weddings and I was doing a lot of work with wedding invitations and things like that. So that's when kind of like maps started to become popular about 10 years ago to do with weddings. And so I kind of just kind of snowballed from there. So I got my start doing all of that and it kind of just became what it is today. You didn't start out selling products. You started out like doing custom work, right? I feel like my background is kind of interesting, especially for anyone who is thinking of diving in, or maybe they're thinking like, I don't want to quit my nine to five and just dive in, you know, feet first. I was actually kind of forced to pursue this because I was working in advertising during the recession. So that was like 2008, 2009. It was a matter of time. Like there was just no work coming in. So I knew (laughs) I was kind of on the chopping block and I had started to kind of pursue Etsy on the side because Etsy was sort of still new then. When my position was let go, I was obviously searching for work, but there wasn't a whole lot of advertising at that time. So I just started really pursuing my art. I dabbled with that in college. I didn't have a degree in art. 
I ended up with a degree in like communications, which is did marketing and advertising after school. So anyway, my background is not in this. But yeah, when I was doing this unemployed, there was a store around the corner for me who I was working on the weekends for to make some extra money. And she was actually my first kind of mentor in the world of selling your art or putting your art on products like stationery is how I was getting started. And she gave me my first wholesale order. So that was really exciting. And um, it kind of just progressed from there. But weddings was really what I was doing at that time a lot. So I was making a lot of money doing the wedding invitations and that kind of thing. And I was just learning as I went and just researching, like, where do you find paper? Where do you print this? And all that kind of stuff. It's always interesting to hear how people got started and like how their business has changed and evolved over the years because businesses do. That's what they do. Are you still doing weddings? No, I don't do a lot of weddings anymore. When I had kids about six years ago, it became too hard to do custom things with a baby on board, basically, because, you know, with a lot of brides, there's a lot of tailoring to each person's like needs and wants. And you want to be able to have meetings for like what kind of paper they want and all those good things. So I just wasn't able to dedicate time to that. Around that time, I was living in the town I'm living in now, which is Athens, Georgia. It is a great place for small businesses and artists. And the community is great, really supportive. I was also kind of on social media a good bit at that time. And people were asking for me to make a map of our town and, and make it as like an art print. And then they were asking me to make return address stamps or like a mug with something on it. And I was like, that is a really good idea. People would ask for something or in the market, there was like a hole in the market for something that wasn't out there. Like there's plenty of mugs because we live in a town where the University of Georgia is. There's plenty of University of Georgia mugs and things like that, but there's not a whole lot for the town itself, which is a lot bigger than the university. I guess I just started with this town and then I got requests for other towns and things. So it just kind of snowballed from there. But no, I don't do a whole lot of wedding stuff anymore. You just like found a niche where you could fit in and you made it work. You just grow and change as business goes on. So I think that's really cool. I always tell people this because, you know, at the time I was kind of doing things on the side when I was working in advertising. Even afterwards, I was still pursuing like my art on the side, even though I was working with weddings, you know, which is obviously for an individual person. But I feel like if you just pursue what you're passionate about, whether it's music or art or anything, even if it's on the side, like a blog or something, I feel like good things will come from it if you're really putting a lot of energy and effort into it and you're really passionate about it. I feel like it'll get you where you need to be eventually, you know, like good things always come from that. I agree. I think as long as you're open and willing to adapt and willing to take things as they come, then you will have success and it will be really fun. I think so too. So what are your like top selling products now? The mugs are really popular. I've been making like ceramic coasters with my map designs on them. Those are doing well. What makes me so happy is I feel like I try, even if I don't know about a place, I try to research a place or a town or a city really carefully. I dive down into like little places that the average person wouldn't know about unless you lived there. And I try to include those little places in my artwork. And I feel like those are appreciated by people. The map items do really well when I include those little places that people are really proud of of their town that a lot of people don't know about. I once bought a map of our town like you do, but it's like my live in like a teeny, teeny town. So no one's ever heard of it. I went to high school with her and she had put places where she and her husband had hung out and it was really cool. But the only thing missing was the coffee stand that my husband's family owned. And I was like, if it had the coffee stand, it would be perfect. But the rest is so fun. 
I know. I know. I don't usually put a lot of businesses on mine either, just because there's so many great ones that I feel like you can't include them all. And there's so many people doing maps, but they're all so different. I feel like the styles are also different, which is really cool. I know you kind of focus on the South, like areas around you. That's what I know. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, it's hard to make a map of somewhere where you don't know. People always ask me, they're like, well, why didn't you need this? And I'm like, I've never been to Phoenix, Arizona. I don't know. I mean, it's difficult. Like at least in the South, I feel like if I haven't been there, someone I know has been there and I can like bounce some things off of them. Like, is this a thing? Like, can I put this on here? Or people will be like, what is that? Is there one thing or several things that you feel like have led you to being as successful as you are? I am really interested in what I'm doing. And I feel like my love language is like gift giving. And I feel like that comes out too, because a lot of times I've also created something when there hasn't been what I'm looking for out there. And I'm like, oh, I could probably make something like that to give to my friend or my mom or whatever. And then sometimes, you know, it takes off with other people if I put it online on my Etsy or on my website or whatever. Loving what you're doing is always good. Like I said earlier, I think if you love what you do, really good things will always happen. That's always something to follow, just what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, even if it's on the side. My husband is a big help. He's a really big supporter. He always moves mountains, whether it's, you know, handling the kids for a while or whatever it is, you know, he's always a big supporter. That's that's helpful to have people in your life who are supportive. So like that helps you be successful. The main thing is that I'm just interested in what I'm doing and I'm really into it. And I think that that's kind of contagious in a way. When I see your art, like a couple of weeks ago, you were posting the school notepads with all the like back to school stuff around the outside. And I thought they were so cute. Whenever I see you on Instagram, I feel like you're so energizing and it's definitely contagious. I love (laughs) watching you. Well, I will say I was actually looking for, I think I was looking for note tags and I was like, I could just make them. I just need to do the artwork. But I wasn't able to find anything that what I was looking for. And that's another example of I need to just make time and do it. And so I made all the little icons and kind of designed what I was trying to do, especially with artists to make something that no one else is doing. I feel like is usually going to lead to some kind of success because if a million people are already doing it, it might be successful. But like if you're doing something really unique, like, for example, like I said, my town that I live in, there was nothing really Athens themed. It was all like UGA themed. And like, not everyone here went to UGA. It's like such a big music town. It's a big art town, tons of restaurants and lots of culture outside of the university. So like, I remember setting out to do something Athens themed that was at UGA themed. So I feel like if there's like a little door that's opening where there's just nothing there and you fill it, I feel like that's another great thing to pursue. And something else I just thought of as an artist of any kind or a business owner, if you can make people feel something through what you're creating, I feel like that's also really powerful. You know, I've had a lot of people tell me that's such a special place to me, or this means something to me because I was married here or I had my first child here, or I went to school here or whatever. It reminds them of something really happy. And so that kind of like connects And I feel like that's something else to think about when you're creating or trying to connect with an audience. I feel like that that is something that has worked for me anyway. And I didn't really mean to do that. It's just something that I was kind of into. I found out some other people were into it too. So I think that's kind of like the best way to do it. For me and my business, what I kind of wanted to do at the beginning, there was a lot of people in that market. And once I kind of narrowed down to working with product-based businesses a couple of years ago, 
suddenly I didn't have to fight so hard to be seen. And I felt like my voice mattered more. It was purely a business decision. Like I didn't care what kind of websites I was designing. I just wanted to design cool websites. When you're like finding your place, sometimes it takes a little bit of like wiggling through the crevices to find that perfect place for you. I agree. Yeah. Because at first my Etsy shop was like very random. It was like some paintings I had done. Always love sending cards or mail or always love receiving cards and mail. When I was working at that little store on the weekends, she had all these things she was selling. And I really connected with the stationery she had bought like at market and everything or that she was buying from artists. That's a good avenue for me because I feel like I'm into stationery and some of my illustrations fit with stationery. What are some lessons that you've had to learn along the way that maybe you had to learn the hard way? I've had to really learn how to say no to different things. If you're able to say no to things, you're pretty fortunate to be able to say no. Always have that opportunity. It was always like, yes, please give me more work because I have nothing to do. But I guess like different clients I've learned over time are probably not the best fit for what I do. Really fairly recently, another time where I learned that again, it was like, probably shouldn't have accepted that because I don't really think that they understood. And I understood that our styles probably weren't really going to mesh is what they wanted or what they thought they wanted. I probably couldn't deliver. But then there's a flip side of that because I feel like in the past, I thought maybe it wasn't a good fit and it ended up being great. So it's kind of hard to identify that sometimes, but that's definitely something I've had to learn. Another thing I've had to learn when I started doing more generalized art, like with cities and things and not so individualized to like brides or something, like say a wedding venue or something like that, I learned really quickly that those are very quick to be pirated or taken or tried to people try to take them and mass produce them elsewhere. Another tip, if there's any artists out there of any kind, is to copyright on the copyright government website, every design you make. So you have that in your back pocket. Cause I learned the hard way when I first started doing this, that if you don't have everything like copyright protected, like with the government actually have a seal of something saying that you own whatever that is, you're not guaranteed to get damages from anybody. This one situation was like, it was painful. It was just a lot of money they made off of my artwork and it was bad. But I learned if you have that paperwork to help you in your corner, it'll help you out in the long run. It's unfortunate that you've had to go through that. I know I've had people copy my work before too. It's like heartbreaking, but I love that you have turned this into a lesson. Now you can learn from it. I mean, that's the only thing you can do. Like I didn't know that. And I've been doing this for a really long time. That was only like maybe five or six years ago when that first started happening. And I was like, I mean, it's one thing if it's harmless, like sometimes people really, I don't think they really get it. And it's on a low, low scale or something. But when it's a company or another store who's like making things and thousands and thousands of dollars profit, it's like, no, that's a lesson for people to look into that more. I used to think that if you just put like a line or like the little copyright C on something that it meant that I owned it, or if I could prove like a sale of something, then I owned it at this time. But it's like, no, you have to have that that number and that seal of, yes, you own this on this date <laughs> to really be able to pursue something legally. But yeah, that's not fun. When I was working for other companies as a designer, none of them had contracts. So when I started my own business, I had no idea that you needed a contract. People would skip out on us all the time at my previous job because there was no contract. We didn't enforce anything. We didn't, we'd call them a bunch of times. Hey, you haven't picked up your order. It's one of those lessons that I had to learn when I became a business owner without even like, I never knew it. So you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) 
So you've given us a lot of great advice for someone starting out and things to keep in mind for artists. What's next for your company? I went to UGA as a student. And so I'm familiar again with like the South and, you know, the schools here. A lot of people here in the South are crazy about their schools and everything. And I thought the next natural step was to maybe design for different schools, different products. And so, so far I've gotten the green light from Alabama and Auburn and Georgia Tech. And I have yet to make anything yet because I feel like the pressure is so big. I'm like, I don't know what to do now. But that's kind of what's next, I think. And I'm going to see how that goes this year and whether I want to keep doing it year after year. You know, of course, I'd love to keep exploring new places and, and making art for new places. So it's really cool to have that flexibility where you can just wait and see. I know I had a coaching call this morning where I was like, I don't know what my next thing is. <laughs> It's a really wonderful place to be in as a business owner. And it's very fortunate. Like I totally understand like it's a blessing, but it's also really fun and really like who knows what's next. (laughs) It is something to be fortunate for or like appreciative of because it is nice to have that flexibility and it's nice to have the time. And that's kind of what I'm always kind of scratching for these days, especially because of the last year with COVID and everything and my kids were here and it was kind of crazy, but just finding the time. And if you just feel passionate about something, all of a sudden it's like, I really want to do this. And I try to make time for it. That might mean less sleep, but if I'm enjoying it, then what's sleep? (laughs) What's something new or something you're currently learning to grow your business? Because I like to remind people that it doesn't matter what level you're at. We all have different things we're learning. We're all growing. We're all striving for the next level. It doesn't stop. So I'd love it if you could share with us something that you're currently learning or working through. I am currently trying to grow the wholesale part of my business. Something that has been huge for me because I'm not really a systems person. I feel like you're very good at that. I'm more like art brained. I can make something with my hands, but I'm not great with like the businessy side of things. And I've always struggled in the past to kind of come up with a system for my wholesale orders. They weren't always very professional because I would just like have people email me what they wanted and I'd send them like a square invoice, or whatever, which is totally fine. But something that's been like a game changer for me is FAIR. Have you heard of FAIR? It's kind of like Etsy, but for wholesale. I think I was under a rock because it's been around for a while. Because I was always intimidated too. And I, I remember talking this about my Shopify is like integrating all of my Etsy stuff over into Shopify. And then that was my fear, like going into FAIR. It's like, because I have, I think my catalog now is like 400 or 500 things. And nobody wants to rebuild that. They built my shop within like a week, everything on there at wholesale prices. And it's a dream because random shops will find me on there that I never would have met before. It's just a great way to place wholesale orders. So I'm doing that currently. I feel like I'm trying to grow that, putting energy into that. Fair is really great. Not sponsored. I just love fair. I've actually been hearing a lot about fair a lot recently. Like it's like everyone has been bringing it up. (laughs) Well, I think like the pandemic really pushed people into that because, you know, like market was always a thing. A lot of small businesses want to go wherever the closest market is here. It's in Atlanta. I worked there actually for a short time during my unemployment period. And I actually didn't mean to because I wasn't interested in product design then or like making products. But I learned a whole lot about the wholesale process and the market process and how people shop for things for their stores. When I worked there, that really helped me out now. That experience was kind of invaluable. I didn't enjoy it at the time. Like retail, it was really hard work. Like you were on your feet for like really long days. I mean, back then that was like 10 years ago. That's when like everybody was not really shopping online. They were going to market. So it would be like Black Friday in that place, like every day for like two weeks. And it was like insane. Like you could hardly walk through people and 
it was nuts. But I feel like I learned a lot during that. But fair has been really great. But I feel like the pandemic pushed a lot of these stores to order online. And fair just makes it so easy. They feel like they're at market. I mean, they can't touch and feel things. But nowadays, I feel like photography and everything is so easy. I just use my iPhone. I mean, it's so I feel like you can basically kind of see what things are. Maybe not clothes. That might be difficult. For what I do, I feel like it's pretty easy. There's so many untapped potential into wholesale. You don't have to do quite as much work on your end, but just meeting the store owners is the hard part. Yeah, to make those connections is the hard part. And I feel like that's where FAIR has kind of helped to make new relationships that I never would have made otherwise. I'm going to have to check into it a little bit more because it's not my end of things usually. So I kind of stay in my own lane, but I'm going to have to look into that more. I do have a couple clients who use it also. Natalie, this has been so fantastic to get to hear like how passionate you are and like feel your energy. So thank you so much. Before we hang up the podcast, where can we find you online? Where's the best place to hang out with you? I feel like I put a lot of energy into my Instagram. That's probably the best place. And that's just at Natty Michelle. My website is nattymichellepapery.com. We will absolutely have those links in the show notes so that if you can't spell that like me, then you'll be fine. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here and chatting with me today. It's been really great to get to see behind the scenes of your business. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.